halfway there. You either got less hair or more coming out everywhere. Getting more deaf, worrying about death. All the tires you got are spare. Unexplained coffin while choosing your coffin. Getting some laughs in and choking on taffy. Squeaking more than a dolphin. Rolling at the kids, soiling undies with skids. Wondering if we fuck it up, can we still make the mic drop? Genexing, texting, vexing, exiting. But not yet, not yet. We're just halfway there. Halfway there. Hi, I'm Jenny Tear. Hi, I'm Kim Gaynor. Hi, I'm Camilo Fantasia. And welcome to Halfway There, a podcast about the new middle age. Ow! Remember our segment, like, What Hurts This Week? Oh, yeah, we need to bring that back. I'm going to talk about my tennis elbow, which I got not even from playing tennis. Ooh, is it all swollen and weird looking? Uh, Is that one of the symptoms? Yeah, yeah, because a friend of mine got that. But you can get it from working at the computer. Your elbow's hitting hard surfaces, and you don't have the proper ergonomic whatever whatever's and he got this big like egg thing on his elbow you watch too much porn yeah (laughs) porn elbow that's what i'd like to that's what i'd like to say like when i used to say that my that i broke my wrist when i when i had it in the um in the cast because of an overly aggressive fisting session hi mom hey hey hi mom hi tina Okay, well, to bring it back, though, to this podcast, I have something to, to confess to you guys. Mm. Yeah. Today, I got my first delivery of gray hair pills. It's called Array, and it's for, it's for take, it's pills to stop the graying of your hair. Mm. I don't believe okay, What is the science behind this, Jen? Look, it was in the New York Times Magazine. All right. <laughs> the New York Times Magazine. Okay. Does that it work is, on, not does... only is it failing, it's also they flimsy sold the Iraq war and filled with ads. It's, are, they, are they Goop brand? No, they're not Goop. But um, yeah, they were featured on Goop. I, I, okay, I'm fucking taking a supplement. <laughs> All right, I need to stop doing this. I can't look like Broomhilda at this age. What, but hold on. Gray hair looks really, really cool on a lot of people. Really? Like, much, though. I don't want to be gray yet. Okay. I'll, I'll admit I'm fucking arse. I'm vain. I'm not I ready. love my gray hair. I've t- I think yeah, I've, I'm, I'm on record gray. on this podcast saying that I wish I was a total silver fox all the way. I'm, I'm starting to get this um, like a streak right there. You can't really see it, but um, I, I'm getting a lot of gray hairs. Well, the first I'll, ones I noticed were on my pubes, though. Hmm, that was my next question. Do these are these pills sort of localized to your head only, or I'll everywhere? let you know, guys. What if I take a picture every couple? Of <laughs> we can for the Patreon user who gives us a thousand dollars, they can get a picture of my my natural hair snatch. Yes. Yeah, snatch, snatch yes, a bunch I of love, pictures of your I snatch. love that you're willing to do that for the pod, all for the pod. Yes, exactly. Snatch out there, thousand dollars. Spotify. Are you, Great. Are you, so, so my mom, our first Patreon donor, is going to be, <laughs> is going is going to unlock daily photos of your private parts hair progress. Wow! <laughs> Fantastic. What an incentive. It's like well, there's. Is this like one of those art projects where somebody will take a picture of themselves every day for a year? But in this case, I was doing that, you guys, um, like 10 years ago, I like freakishly got, um, I got the chicken pops and my face and I, and I had taken, but I had one of those, like, you know, very pre iPhone cameras and it was just very basic and there was a chip and then I lost the chip but like my face went from like okay there's little red blotches to these boils and then the worst the worst part is the healing part when you're getting like some some of the little pox the boils and then like just black scabs and I remember I had a a temp job at the time it was long term I'd been there for a couple months and then I called and I was like I have chicken pox and it had been a week two weeks and the third week they're like you just have to come into work and so I called the doctor and they're like well if everything's scabbed over 
you're not, you're no longer <laughs> contagious. And I showed up and I remember riding the subway that morning and I was just in tears because, oh, my face. And I remember showing a picture of my face to our friend, Tara, Jen, yeah. and, and Camilo. And she was like, oh, girl, go in. They're going to send you right home. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly hey? what happened. Yeah, they did. They were like, oh, God. Oh, oh, no. Okay, yeah. Take, take a little bit more time. It was like the look of horror. But anyway, I wanted, I wish I had those pictures because I was going to do a whole art piece about, you know, I wanted to do something about chicken pox and, and like disease and... Actually, I'm not going to give away the idea because I might still do it. TM, TM, TM. TM, TM, ding. This yeah. is probably the most like space you've had on the subway during rush hour. Oh my People God. People would probably you be like backing seen. away. It's the crying woman covered in scabs. It was so, and the kids were just looking at me like horrified. I don't know if I actually made one cry, but I think I, I felt like I was making kids cry. And it's just no one. I had that pole all to myself, just sitting there like, oh. It is. I got Damn chicken pox the day I graduated high school. And I remember you telling me that. It's crazy. I so freaked out too, because what happens to your face and you just think it's never going to end. And I remember weeping and wailing and thrashing and my dad who couldn't <laughs> handle human emotions beyond like anger. And he was like, well, go to a plastic surgeon. We're gonna, oh, we're gonna get your face sanded. We'll get it sanded. And I, even I was like, dad, dad, calm down. I was like, I'll be okay. I was like, I'm just, it's my face is pussy and itches. Okay, I'm I'm all right. It's uh, we don't need to go to a plastic surgeon. And he it was like, does seem like you'll, you'll be disfigured though, right? Like yes. because it's so bad. And I had like well, what's horrible? You can't scratch them off because yeah. if you scratch them, you'll scar yourself. And it's I love true. picking scabs. I love I love picking things. So it's like this. I do. I'm one of those disgusting people that watches gross videos on YouTube. Well, who, oh, I who, hate yes. those when I see I those. Love I'm those like, uh -huh. oh, I love those too. They're so disgusting. And I make sure to click not interested or whatever. So I just stop seeing them, but they still pop up. I hate them. Wait, but, yeah. Speaking of Dr. pop, Pimple it's so pop. upsetting that Dr. Pimple Popper went behind the paywall when she became famous. What? Oh, good. Good, because yeah. I don't want to see any more of that disgusting stuff popping up on any feed I'm on. Like, it, I just don't understand the appeal, you guys. You're, you're not completely, how do you how do you watch one of those? I have a lunch. disgusting fetish that I cannot admit on yeah, air. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, there's nothing more satisfying than like a, I'm not into the cis. I mean, it's fine, I can watch this. But oh, a blackhead that just keeps giving and giving and giving and giving is the, uh, most, is the most satisfying thing you I've guys, ever seen. You guys, I might seen. have to take a break. When you guys go into these topics too much, you know, that I have to excuse myself. So let me know. I'll admit I, I can only do a certain type of pop. Like, I can't do a giving and giving and giving. <laughs> I just want to thank you. Good God. Okay, we're making Kim visibly... Uh physically ill which is one of our recurring themes on this podcast yes you I do you love to do it to me I don't no know we don't love to do it it just you're so sensitive to like she's a lady and we yeah. are both heathens by comparison no you know i know that it, it, it's becoming more of a thing and i'm keeping an eye on it because like it actually might be some kind of like OCD developing, but but it it does it does kind of low key worry me, and I haven't actually brought it up with my um with my therapist, but I do I get grossed out by every freaking thing, and it's like life is gross. I and I, I think it's because I just have a very vivid. I mean, lots of people do, but I have a very vivid imagination. I can like picture things just like clearly if I remember something it's like it's just happening all over again and so it's just hard to get things out of my head yeah they stick yeah they stick. Like I'm definitely I'm definitely more sensitive in some ways to certain things too 
Do you have no. trypophobia, Kim? Um, sometimes. Um, yeah, like actually something I noticed is triggering it, which is really bumming me out, is this fanny pack. This makes no sense. And uh, <laughs> Oh, she's getting I, the fanny pack. I am. Um, maybe for our uh, bonus listeners. Yes. I don't know if you can see, but it's like you. Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. You can move listeners at home you've probably seen this sequin material where you you touch it and if you rub it one way it's one color you rub it the other way it's another color um when it's just silver it's just emphasizing the dark spaces between them and that's kind of triggering trypophobia for me and i looked at it today and actually just shuddered and I was like, oh, it's just a fucking sequin fanny pack. You, you weirdo. Like, seriously, I need another therapist now. I think embrace your weirdo-ness. But it's, right. but it's very uncomfortable. It's not like, it's not nice to have those sensations and, and, and um, I don't know, reactions to things. It's, it's not helpful. That, that, that brand of weirdo-ness is not <laughs> helpful in any aspect of my life. It's, it's. I could see it becoming crippling if that were to become a, a major thing. You know you'll what never, I mean? You'll never be able to go into Trader Joe's again in, in the fall when they have all of the uh, dried plant. I, I don't even know where they come from, but they're like dry seed pod kind of things that have just holes all over them. Ugh. I love Trader you, Joe's. Such a I do too. Place. Trader Joe's. I, I miss Trader like- Joe's. I can't explain it. It's like, it feels fancy, even though it's completely utilitarian. Yeah. I think because they have such a vast array of snacks. Yeah. And the fact that they have the most aggressively ugly graphic design on absolutely everything. I was just thinking, I love it. I mean, it's so tacky. It's like, a it's just one big Hawaiian shirt, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the aesthetic. Everything about it. it should make me hate it. But I don't because the quality of the products is good a and the people are unfailingly and seemingly genuinely pleasant they are and yeah. they're it's the kind of place that you go speaking speaking of educated people who you know are surprise you with their education working in you know working class jobs i feel like everybody ha- is like working towards their phd at, at trader joe's you know it's like, like something like that or they used to play have a major part on on the cosby show That's um, or you know? i used to or i used to have like a horrible corporate job and now i'm doing this and i'm so relieved and, and so i'm so happy, happy. Yeah. yeah they all seem really happy yeah they're like when i'm not stacking the edamame crackers <laughs> I'm medieval um, archaeology. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, can you tell me where the soy sauce is? But yes, uh-huh. it's a it's a pleasant place, I have to say, in what can sometimes be a pretty dreary retail environment. Is that not an option for you locally? If- oh, oh, yeah. Too far away. The only Trader Joe's is in Burlington, which is like two and a half, three hours away. Oof. That oh, was kind shoot. of a rough commute to worth to it. Stats. <laughs> Free snacks, Jen. Yeah. I hope they would. As you know how they have those tasting stations too. Oh, do I know? Not shit. <laughs> Just make it worth it. I, I used to make that a whole whole Saturday afternoon, man. Just <laughs> going from station to station and then washing it down with a little, little teeny little mouthwash size dentist mouthwash size uh cup yeah of they have coffee. those tiny little cups mm, or wine What's oh, that? Wine too. or wine oh yeah i will say the union square trader joe's by nyu's dorm is mm. absolutely batshit crazy yeah it's it? like the smallest um rank of bumper cars ever but it's like you know mrs wasserman and then a bunch of coeds from nyu and it's like excuse me i need to get to my crackers slam 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 many carts i mean it was as i recall when it opened the line to check out was outside the building so you had to roll your cart outside 
and go to the back of the line and go back into the store to check out. Can you imagine how fucking crazy it was for these workers during the pandemic? No. As everything was shutting down, knowing that this virus was transmitting, nobody had masks on yet. So I remember reading this passage in an article with a, what was a worker from Whole Foods was like, I'm, I'm working in the aisles restocking and I can hear somebody say, I'm getting sick. I think I have it. And then going <coughs> on the samples. I mean, it must Gross. have been really scary. Yeah. And crazy. So do you think if you, had, if you had the tray of samples, do you think you'd be able to restrain yourself? Or, yes. Yeah? I think to, so, yeah. To hold on to the job. I'll say this. Once you start to see how the sausage is made in any environment, you start to lose your appetite. Like they do breakfast <laughs> in the that I'm working at and it completely grosses me out. You said powdered eggs. It's Dude, like, that's got to be more expensive than real eggs. I don't understand. It's they're frozen. They have to, you know, they don't have like a huge kitchen. Seeing uh-huh. like the sausage get microwaved and then all the guests like out there, num, 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 <laughs> grazing so that they get the free, full- right? value of their of their stay it's just it's really easy to get dark and like postmodern and want to go home and write like a bitter novel about <laughs> the American consumer you know it's just it, it's gross though you guys and these are all good people I'm being a completely judgmental nasty little person I'm judging them they're using powdered eggs that's not okay I, I don't give a shit. What's it's funny is came up the other day and said and told our manager, all these people are very nice, by the way, in case they find this podcast. Yeah, right. I was thinking. Person was like, I gotta tell you, these are the best eggs that I have had. And I'm thinking to myself, swine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe wow. that's maybe it's properly seasoned. It's all about uh, the seasoning, I baby. Don't know is i was thinking of having an omelet for dinner tonight oh i might with real eggs i love omelets for dinner that's a classic like simple elegant yeah and i will say when you get eggs at uh trader joe's the color is so much more vibrant than if you get the regular supermarket eggs if they're not yeah you want them like a really bright yellow orange yes yes Also eggs, um, like proper eggs from a hen, uh, they, they're all different sizes and like they're, some of them are pretty small and yeah, right, but they don't make it into your, your supermarket most of the time. If you follow Isabella Rosalini on, oh, um, as we all do Instagram, do we all, I do. And she no. shows the variety of eggs from they're just blue and they're purple and they're white and they're brown and they're tiny and they're misshapen and they're crazy yeah Yeah, but you none of those really make it to your your grocery store they're all edible stay at her bed and breakfast mama farm i love yeah it's very she's very charming she is very charming i want to go stay in in the bed and breakfast she never serve us powdered eggs that's true (laughs) Is she laying them herself now? Uh, uh, speaking of eggs and uh, eggs represent beginnings and beginnings, uh, it's time to begin our segments. Ooh. Yeah. Let's, okay. Let's do it. What are the cool kids up to? What music do they like? Where do they go at night? Are they watching sexy Netflix shows or anime or both? Cool, cool kids like really cool kids. We want to know what you're up to. Ah, oh, as if. Guys. I, I guess I should stop you. I think that's a problematic, <laughs> that's a problematic reading right now. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm practically, I'm just too old. Okay. It's sorry. It's an, we are too. Don't worry. Crutch. Go ahead. Crutch. Guys. Guys. So my segment is what the kids are up to. So this week I started watching the Sopranos for the first time. Oh, hard to believe. Oh. And oh. I came across this article in one of my unfortunate go-tos, the failing New York Times. (laughs) And here's the title. 
why is every young person in America watching The Sopranos? This article is from September 29th, 2021. So I'm hip with the kids. I saw that and I didn't read it. I was like- Yeah, me too. I was like, nothing. (laughs) Well, I'm going to read it to you, bitches. (laughs) The show's new audience is seeing something different in it. A parable about a country in terminal decline. There's some really good- uh, parts of this article. So it starts out with Michael Imperioli, who was who played a, ma- a major part. He played like Tony Soprano's second in command. And he was, he himself and his band Zopa played a show at the Mercury Lounge in Lower Manhattan. It was Saturday night and the concert was sold out. Looking over the crowd, Imperioli, the actor best known for blah, 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 saw a sea of youngish Sopranos fans. Some were even dressed up like Christopher's girlfriend, Adriana Lacerva. I don't know what they were expecting, Imperioli told me later. The concert had nothing to do with the Sopranos. It was a benefit (laughs) for the Sylvia Rivera Law Project, a trans rights organization. So anyway, it goes on to talk about how there's this newfound fascination for the show with young people, basically. And I thought this was a really beautiful, actually really beautifully written um, reason as to why. So basically, essentially the, the, the writer posits that part of the reason there's such a fascination is because the show is effectively about decline. And this is what a young podcaster, Felix Biederman said about it. Decline not as a romantic, singular, aesthetically bre- breathtaking act of destruction, destruction, he said, but as a humiliating slow motion slide down a hill into a puddle of filth. You don't flee a burning Rome with your beautiful beloved in your arms, barely escaping a murderous horde of barbarians. You sit down for 18 hours a day, enjoying fewer things than you used to, and take on the worst qualities of your parents while you watch your kids take on the worst qualities of you. And then this one last thing, and then I'm going to go on to the fact that David Chase wrote the pilot for this in the 90s, which is super interesting. The show's depiction of contemporary America as a relentlessly banal and hollow is plainly at the core of the current interest in the show, which coincides with an era of crisis across just about every major institution in American life. The Sopranos has a persistent focus on the spiritual and moral vacuum at the center of this country and is oddly prescient about its coming troubles. The opioid epidemic, the crisis of meritocracy, teenage depression and suicide fights over the meaning of American history. Even the flight of the ducks who has taken up residence in Tony's swimming pool, not to mention all the lingering shots on the swaying floor of North Jersey reads differently now in an era of unprecedented environmental degradation and ruin. It's so dark, but it's really interesting. So David Chase, who wrote the show and was the showrunner famously, um, started writing this in the nineties. And so the writer interviewed him and was like, why, how did you sort of see every, you know, cause the nineties were like the roaring nineties, you know, the economy was booming, Clinton. And this is the what, the last paragraph I'm, I'm gonna read before I open it up to what you guys think. Perhaps the greatest mystery of all looking back on the Sopranos all these years later is this, what was Chase seeing in the mid nineties a period when the United States chief geopolitical foe was Serbia, when the line item veto and school uniforms were front page news, when Macarena topped the charts that compelled him to make- That was so thoroughly pessimistic about this country. I asked Chase about this over Zoom in August. Quote, I don't feel like it was a good time, he told me. He is 76 now and speaks deliberately and thoughtfully. I felt that things were going downhill. He became convinced America was, as Neil Postman's 1984 polemic put it, amusing ourselves to death. Not an easy thing for a journeyman TV writer to accept. He went on, there was nothing but crap out there, crap in every sense. 
I was beginning to feel that people's predictions about the dumbing down of society had happened and were happening. And I started to see everything get tawdry and cheap. He mentioned a line from Arthur Miller's 1968 play, The Price. If they would close the stores for six months in this country, there would be from coast to coast a regular massacre. Hmm. Hmm. Here's what I, I have to say. No. Can I can I make a comment? Yes. Dale a tu cuerpo alegría, Macarena, que tu cuerpo está hecho para alegría y cosas buenas. Dale There's alegría a tu cuerpo, Macarena. Eh, Macarena. Proving hey. David Chase's point is Camila Fantasia, who's literally amusing himself to death. And miss the 90s. He misses the 90s so bad. Like, I thought they were a high point. I, mean, I, I, I really interesting. I have a very, very little uh, recollection of that show. I did watch it kind of sporadically. But but what stands out to me, and I, I'd really have to rewatch, is that unlike, yeah, unlike what he's describing, that 90s, almost like this blandness, yeah. This sort of just like overarching blandness that sort of infiltrates every part of American society. Yeah. The the Sopranos were very specific. They were like Italians and they were culturally specific and whether the, the portrayal or the lifestyle was positive or not, it wasn't bland. And I, I wonder if there's something also that kids are seeing in, in that aspect that they're connecting to now, because when I think of the 90s and I think of that, that explanation of what it was like, I mean, I remember it. Yeah. It does seem to be at odds with this portrayal of Italian-Americans in this mob life that had a long cultural history that was specific. Yeah, he talks about how the mafia, well, they talk in this article about how the mafia has always stood in as a parable for American capitalism, like organized crime itself, like functions symbolically. Mm -hmm. And he said, this is interesting. Chase told me the real joke of the show was not, not what if a mobster went to therapy? The comedic engine for him was this. What if things had become so selfish and narcissistic in America that even the mob couldn't take it? That was the whole mm -hmm. thing. He said America was so off the rails that everything that the mafia had done was nothing compared to what was going on around them. I mean, it's a really interesting, like, it's a very interesting commentary on American life with the 90s being really the, the start of this sort of homogenized culture and crassness, you know, completely taking root, which I think probably started in the 80s. And it was the beginning, like Tony Soprano was really the beginning of the anti-hero becoming a staple of television that, that yeah. before, you know, characters might have flaws, but they weren't ultimately, that wasn't completely the definition of them. Whereas he was a, you know, Tony Soprano's like a, so effectively a sociopath. He manages to have a family life and also like brutally kill people while he's taking his daughter on a college tour. It's really interesting. I mean, I wonder if there's a thesis of like these sort of anti-heroes paved the way for Donald Trump. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm throwing that out Is there. he supposed to be a reflection of that capitalist machine and that American blandness or supposed was he supposed to be a, a foil to that that's what I don't understand I don't understand really the thesis that the writer of that article or or what is his name David Chase yeah David Chase is, is making and this is I, I'd be interested to know is isn't this sort of, I don't know I'm, I'm not the right audience for this because I'm sure it's fantastic there's no and question. I mean, the, the general consensus from people that I respect is that it's fantastic, but yeah. it's not for me because I'm not particularly interested in like a male dominated world of like posturing. And a lot Although of it is that a huge part of it. Eating I, I, I know, no, no, I, I know. But when you look at the cast, it's, it's not an even split. And so, it's a macho world. I mean, yeah, that's, it's, that's it's a macho, so it just, it doesn't interest me personally. I can take it in small doses. I like some of the Scorsese movies, but this is well 
you know, well-trod territory in the Godfather movies, for example, that it's, it's a decline of this, this sort of, you know, so, so he's sort of reinventing the wheel. Um, that's the number one thing I want to say about it, but television allows you to sort of really let these stories breathe, which I get. And I'm, again, I'm not critiquing any of the substance of it because A, I haven't seen it and B, as I said, I, it's my understanding that it's great, that it's great television, the best TV show of all time. So I awesome. think what I think is interesting is why do kids, why are kids like in their 20s or even teens watching it? Okay, so this is my second, my, this is my second quibble. Of doom, of like that the country is just inexorably yeah. on the decline. But, but are they, or is it a bunch of New Yorkers for a style piece in the New York Times that are watching The Sopranos? I mean, what is, well, what is this sampling? The are the 20 somethings, are the, is your average 20 something around the, in the US watching The Sopranos again? Maybe. I mean, what, is, what is this, what are the facts? What are the stats behind this, this allegation that 20 somethings are watching The you know, teens are watching The Sopranos? Are you doubting the, 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 the very premise of the article itself? Yeah, because I feel like the time? trend, yeah, I feel like the trend pieces in the New York Times tend to grasp onto like this slice of educated young New Yorkers and what are they doing now? And then sort of. Oh, it's a trend. Yeah, that it, they're, yeah, they're declaring that this is a trend. Whereas I think that most 20 somethings are watching the same garbage that all 20 somethings are watching, watching nowadays. Yes, as including well, me, <laughs> including yeah. me. Game is How did this happen? Two weeks ago, we weren't talking about this show and now everybody's talking about this show. I know it's because of the algorithm, the almighty algorithm that controls our eyeballs. I haven't, I haven't uh, watched it yet, but from what I understand it traffics in very much the same themes, which is this sort of savage inequality and dystopian. Yeah, in a much more, in a, in a not subtle at all. And that's sort of like the, and I feel like that's what we're watching. Like we're watching these, let's not beat around the bush and, you know, just say it like it is. And Koreans are very blunt in a sense, like from all the Korean shows that I've watched, which are, I'm a fan kind of, there's very little, it, it just, it slaps you in the face in a way, but it's, it, it's charming because it's, I don't know, it's different. Um, I, look, Shun, I mean, Chantain, I almost called you my boy, my boy, Pontain, yeah. um, James Bond. Just beep, um, beep it. Yeah, James Bond. Um, but <laughs> Camilo, that is a very conservative line for you to argue about the New York Times. <laughs> it speaks to a, uh, a coddled liberal elite. It, it's well known. The heartland. It's, it's well known, especially in the culture pieces and the style pieces. This is not new. Um, mm -hmm. the, the New York Times trend piece is kind of a punchline, I think, at this point. Oh, uh, among the very audience it yes. purports to represent. Right. And it very has been. It has been for a long time, because even though they've made an effort to improve their outreach about demographic pieces and oh we're going to go interview the heartland to see how they really feel about donald trump they really don't do it in terms of the cultural pieces in my okay opinion. well but it does it does have a cultural point of view which is supposed to be new york i mean yes. right. you're right. the new york times you're right you're right and i still read it so yeah i agree it with all of you devotedly fyi I mean, I think they noticed enough that it's emerging as a reference point in podcasts that are popular among the youth. That And podcasts, as we know from our own audience, listen from outside New York City. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, how much, like, how many numbers have to constitute a trend. I just think it's interesting because at this point, like I started watching the show this weekend and it looks dated, you know, like, yeah. Anyway, if you're a Sopranos lover, reach out to us and let us know if you're like sons and daughters are watching the show because that's how old we are. <laughs> I love how that started off with if you're a Sopranos lover, let your kids know because <laughs> right. you're, you're old and we're you're old. old. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I'll have to watch again because honestly, like I said, I didn't really, I wasn't a devoted watcher and people were always talking about whatever episode and then the finale and I, it just kind of all washed over me. But the times I watched it, I was like, oh, this is, you know, it's interesting. Like I may maybe have the same kind of reaction as Camilo that it was well trod, trodden terrain, uh, territory. And he that is fantastic in it though. James Gandolfini. Yeah, that is, yeah, yeah, sure. Amazing actor. I will just say that my favorite mob movie by Scorsese is Casino. And the reason I love it is because of Sharon Stone's insane character in that. So Mm -hmm. that's that's how I come at mob movies. Her mob wife persona in that is so unhinged. (laughs) <laughs> Milo, I smell a Halloween costume. You have very stone esque features. Huh. <laughs> exactly. Uh huh. Speaking of Sharon Stone, I, I just keep the transition so smooth here. Let's talk yeah. about health and beauty, Kim. Oh, I just want to be pretty. Give me your potions, give me your serums, even your unwinds. But that must work out, baby. Oh, no, I can't. I just want to be pretty. This is a really actually a great segue because Sharon Stone is known to try some really out there <laughs> facial interventions. And I'm going to mention one, which is not actually the one that I'm going to talk about, but I'm going to talk about one. Kim met, can I say that? You met Sharon Stone. No, not Sharon, not Sharon Stone. You're thinking of my one woman show and I talk about Sharon Stone and the two famous people that I had dinner with this evening were talking about Sharon Stone. And according to them, and I won't mention who it was, but I did have dinner with two extremely famous people. One is, one is an Oscar winner. Um, and so it was just a crazy sort of one of those life things because I was dating this guy and he was the brother of one of them and I opened the door and it's like, oh my God. Um, but apparently Sharon did this thing. It's it's this thing where they peel back your skin and they put like gold armature and and then it, it grows collagen. And um, I mean, she looks great. You cannot, you cannot fault her face for her age, but I'm going to talk about another kind of more Nat right now intervention that you can do if you're brave you guys have you heard of vampire facials no you haven't i'm so surprised no because they've been in the news and they've been popular for a few years now lying a coffin <laughs> all day out of the sun yes and th- that way you get no sun damage that's that's a good guess but no that's not exactly it jen what do you think teenage blood on their face <laughs> Close. Jen is much, much closer. So you guys, okay. Vampire facials uh, have been around for a few years. Celebrities like Kim K have posted pictures of themselves on their feeds smeared with blood. Yes, smeared with blood. When you say feeds, do you mean like feeding on teenagers' blood? This is a good good pun, punny. Yes. (laughs) feeding on their feed, basically. So uh, this is a procedure where they withdraw your own blood, usually what? from your arm. They withdraw your blood, Jenny. So if you are oh. squeamish and the sight of blood makes you queasy, actually, of all the things that gross me out and weird me out, blood is not one of them. Um, it disagree. Doesn't... Why? You're... Do you know what? No, no, now you're triggering me. This is my trigger. Oh, okay, okay, got it, got it. Well, this whole thing is about blood. Do you want to go take a walk with a dog? If you see me suddenly like disappear from the frame, you'll know I'll have passed out. Okay, well, just don't Google these images, okay? So they withdraw the blood from your own arm. They spin it in a centrifuge and that's to separate the plasma and the platelets from, and also growth factors, which is in blood, from for the red blood cells. So what they want um, is something called PRP or platelet-rich plasma. And that's got all kinds of good stuff in it. It has growth factor. 
it has all of this stuff that rejuvenates and and plumps up your skin so once they have withdrawn the blood okay they microneedle you this is maybe something you're you've heard of that's more familiar this is a very standard spa treatment at this point uh, you can even buy microneedling devices at home, but basically what it is, is uh, a series of very, very fine, tiny needles on a roller mm-hmm. and they roll it over your face in a very systematic manner and what that's meant to do. And it will cause a very light injuring, uh, superficial. I mean, there will be little dots of blood, but it doesn't go past like the dermis and what that does <laughs> looks like he's having a baby his he's like panting like he's going to labor listen we already know that beauty is pain and if you pass out a little because of the vampire facial it's worth it if you have now the youthful looks of a parent stone yes exactly so um so the microneedling causes your face to be injured and what happens whenever you're injured you cut yourself your body rushes collagen to the air the area collagen is a protein and it's the building block of most of our tissues our hair skin bones connective tissues it also increases elastin elastin is that that is the shit that is the stuff of youth because elastin is what causes your skin to snap back or just sag. So if you want to do a like elastin test, you know, probably when you do this as a baby, boom, less than a second, I'm, I'm pinching the hand on the, the skin on the back of my hand listeners. And the slower that it takes for the skin to go back into place, the less elastin you're working with. Oh, just anybody Um, just put on a sock. And take it off after an hour and see how long that mark stays there. So, yes, they microneedle you, which causes these many injuries. Okay, and this is where it gets weird, you guys. Okay, oh. then they- Oh, this is, this is where it's going to get weird. Okay. This is where it gets... So uh, you've got all these hundreds of little micro uh, injuries on yourself. They take the blood or rather... The, the platelets and plasma, the platelet, platelet-rich plasma, and they inject it back into your freaking face after they've poked you with all these tiny needles, right? Okay, and then that's not even it, okay? Then they take some and just smear it on your face. Hence, a lot of these pictures that you'll see in people's feeds, like Kim K famously posted, a picture of her with just blood smeared on her face. Um, and you're supposed to leave it there the entire day, you guys. So like, this is a spa treatment that you leave if they've done it right with blood smeared all over your face and you just leave it there. Do people, does it work? Because I know what I'm asking for, for Christmas. It does work. I mean, the idea that right blood shortages too because people are fucking injecting it into their dumb you're asking you're asking for a lint roller but that has a bunch of micro needles attached to it <laughs> or like one of those mini paint roller things so you can just go no, like it's, this it's basically the exact same concept but they're tiny tiny needles and guys like if you go to get this at micro needling has been around for a long time they have to be disposable obviously there is there is a risk of blood-borne illnesses when you're dealing with any of this stuff if it's not done correctly. And actually, I have to say, uh, there were two cases uh, of HIV being contracted at a spa in New Mexico resulting from the improper cleaning and handling of the blood after these vampire facials. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's microneedling definitely works. It definitely increases the collagen and elastin, the plasma from everything I've read. Yes, there are benefits, but I think it's, it's a lot newer and I'm wondering if a lot of those benefits might 
be achieved without the blood. The blood just seems like this element of drama that it's like you can upcharge for it. And and I mean, who doesn't love the name vampire facial? Yeah. It it's just basically like, like a Count Vlad affectation. Like I'm going to take a absolutely. bath in blood. Or like Queen As, Elizabeth, what uh, she was, she bathed in milk. Sorry, sorry, Queen Elizabeth. They bathed in milk and also lead. <laughs> so, um, teacher, I have it, a question. Does, so wonderful. Yes, what's your question? Can My question know? is that blood was already in me. So, why do I have to take it out and put it back on? Like, because it's about how it's localized. So, now that you've injured this area, you want to. And it's not just regular blood. Remember, it's been separated to just have the good stuff in there. And it's injected locally. And that is supposed to multiply the collagen building benefits um, that you get from just microneedling alone. So yes, it increases elasticity. It smooths fine lines. It's supposed to help sagging. Um, and there's even something called a vampire facelift, which same process, except they put in a filler. And then after they've squirted this freaking fill, filler in your face, they squirt your blood in your face. And there's also something called a vampire breast lift. So it's a whole suite of uh, treatments. And it's, I, I, don't know if this is something I would ever go for. The, the cost of a vampire facial is about on the low side, a thousand dollars, and that's low. Wow. And yeah, this is semi-invasive surgery. Yeah, I mean it's 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 minimally invasive. I think they would call it. It's a thousand to three thousand um, dollars. Have you, you don't want to be shopping for bargains? Have you ever done microneedling? No, um, I've done microdermabrasion, microneedling. I think there's an issue. Um, maybe it's not microneedling. I have to, there's something that people of color can't get. It might be like, uh, I think you can get like a light acid pill, but you can't get like a really heavy one. But if, there might be something with the microneedling too, because if you have a lot of melanin in your skin, it will cause just like hyperpigmentation like, and scarring. And the same, same thing with microdermabrasion. I've gotten microdermabrasion, which is a lighter version of like, there's two, it's, it's diamond head sort of thing that is the same sort of process that I basically describe. It's meant to injure your face lightly. And then they pump you with all of these she, I went to some place in Greenpoint and she's like, oh, there's so many good things here. And, you know, she's like Eastern European. Jenny does it so much better. And she's like, come, it's gold come and this, my office and lie on the stone slab. <laughs> it was like, she's like, oh, there's so much good stuff. Don't wash your face until tomorrow. I'm like, okay. So, um, so that was your yeah. second shameful, like scab covered trip in the subway. It didn't really, it didn't cause any scabbing. The thing is my skin looked amazing. Then like it looked amazing right after, then it was red. And then it looked really amazing like the next day. Um, I highly recommend microdermabrasion, but guys, wherever you go, don't, don't be shopping for little bargains. Maybe don't get all your spa treatments, especially when it comes to this stuff on Groupon, you know, <laughs> You might want to just look for the cleanest place with yeah. board certified people who are who uh, know what they're doing, who are clean, who are using uh, disposable elements. Like I said, there was this I, I didn't read of a lot of um, complications with with the vampire facial, but I did read about those two cases at that uh, that place. Uh, that was not using proper procedures. So, you know, uh, along with HIV, hepatitis, I mean, there's so many things that you can get. So be careful. Um, how'd, you get H- how'd you get HIV? Like you've been having like lots of like hot, unprotected sex. No, it was a botched <laughs> right? procedure. Either way, it sucks. Uh, it's insane. Out there. Yeah, the, yeah. The story is 
make friends with aging. <laughs> says, the yeah, woman, I mean, says the woman who's taking non-pubic graying hair pills. Okay, all right. We all have our we all have our <laughs> weak spots. Well, Jenny. Okay, so I think Camilo, you would not do it because of the blood element. I think I wouldn't need to have holes. Uh, pierced into my face because my pores are so giant and huge they will probably just work just as well as a delivery system for the Maybe. plasma um, ask, ask the doctor i mean i do know that i need to be comfortable with smearing blood on my face of of uh so i can get through the uh zombie hordes that's what i've learned from the walking <laughs> dead that um, just attracts them though right no 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 because if you have like dead people blood on your face you just smell like one of them Oh, I see. So this is a really important project. It's a math oh, yeah. device. Yeah. yeah. So um, keep, keep, keep that in mind. It might prove useful at some point in the future. Uh, Kim, you did a really good job of punting to me. No I'm also going to talk about faces. Mm. Oh, great. In 30 years, stuff will be different. How different? We don't know. But we'll speculate for the show. Come along for the ride. I want to talk to you about deep fakes. Are you familiar uh, with this concept? Yes. Stresses me out. Okay. So, so the other day I was uh, just kind of walking through the living room and Jim was watching something on TV, which caught my eye. And this was on what I'm going to call my, uh, your grandfather's clock 60 minutes. CBS is oh. 60 minutes. Don't hate you. You tell me not to hate? Yeah, don't hate it. Don't be no, a hater. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not hating it, but... Um, hater. But... Uh, it, I mean, listen, if you have... If, if you're that age and you have 60 minutes to watch a news show, kudos to you. When I'm that age, I'm not spending 60 <laughs> minutes watching a TV show. It's like, I, I don't have that much time in my you life. Know, I'm going to... An hour, like, clicking on Vox explainers for... <laughs> yeah, right? Problematic. Uh, so it caught my eye because it was like Tom Cruise was playing a guitar on TV. Well, it turns out this is the deep fake Tom Cruise. Are you familiar with this? I think I saw, uh, yeah, a, a clip of that. Yeah. So breaking news. I joined TikTok. What? Oh, I wow. joined TikTok I so I could that. follow the deep fake Tom Cruise account and see what it was all about and do research. That's right. For this 16? podcast, for this podcast, I joined TikTok. You're hey, they're here. dancing grandmas on TikTok, so don't you give me that, <laughs> Missy. You're gonna have no um, long-term memory soon. Go for it, brother. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that the last frontier for me is still Snapchat. I'm not on Snapchat, so uh, give me some credit. But um, you know, when they when they did the the segment on 60 Minutes. They had Will Robinson as the host and they they taped him sort of answering questions and speaking for eight minutes, he said. And then they were able to create a fairly faithful deep fake of him with not only the visual, but the voice as well, uh, inputting words and just making him say things, wow. which was pretty amazing. So even though this segment is about is supposed to be about like 30 years in the future, this is kind of a thing that's now and it's in its relative infancy and in, in a few years it's going to be highly developed now if you are at all educated in any way in the next 10 years you're not going to be able to take any recorded video from an official source at face value unless it is heavily vetted like that's going to be one of the consequences so you you aren't going to be able to see a video on facebook and think this is real in any way, shape, or form, you're going to have to do due diligence, or it's going to have to be heavily, you know, sort of, it's going to have to be from a source like the failing New York Times, and then even they might be duped once in a while. We're uh, doomed. <laughs> if it's, yeah. yeah, if it's not source confirmed, and then is the confirmation from the source real, like the layers of verification that something happened are going to be incredible, like the necessary layers. Why don't you define for us? Because I don't know if everybody knows what okay, it, you're absolutely it right. is. You're right. So a, thank you very much. Let's go back to basics. So a deep fake is a 
representation, a, vi a video representation of a existing human being that talks and physically appears and moves and has the tics or the expressions that are seemingly identical to the actual human being, but it, it, it's not. It's an AI generated uh, impression of that person. So the way that this is accomplished nowadays is the AI studies the actual person and figures out, okay, this is after saying, um, this is, they go, or whatever, you know, that would be Jenny's uh, deep fake. And mine goes, uh, you know. <laughs> exactly. So the, times. the AI um, mind moves his hands a lot or whatever. So the AI figures out how that person articulates themselves uh, when they're speaking and says, okay, so now I can use this predictive information that I have and you can type in whatever speech you want me to say and I'm going to figure out how to do it. You know that kind of awkward laughter that Tom Cruise intersperses his speaking with? I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's nailed that. So this particular uh, TikTok deepfake Tom Cruise is hyper-realistic in part because of that as well. It doesn't only look like him, but it it just has that toothy laughter that he has that's kind of very sudden and comes out, you know, comes out and then ends just as quickly as it started. Which, yeah, like on that famous Scientology video. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm sure that it has studied that. And, um, you know, it's a really the, the in the 60 minutes piece, they try to give it like a pluses and minuses kind of, you know, a balanced reporting of it. And the, the only positive they can they can sort of get somebody to say is that, well, in the future, if you're a famous actor, you could like continue making money for your family after you're dead or, nice. or you could direct yourself as your younger self in a movie because, you know, it'll be indistinguishable from the actual you. So like this just brought up a bunch of questions for me that, that I have for you. And I mean, mm -hmm. is this kind of like a, a death knell for entertainers? Because if you can just perpetuate the entertainers that are that are popular nowadays and just keep keep them living into perpetuity and just make them play roles, like where do new performers come in or will there always be a hunger for new quote unquote faces and performers? There is. Yeah. Would you want to, would you run out and watch a movie now that was starring Frank Sinatra? And a certain segment of the population would for sure. Well, they're, dead or dying i mean <laughs> or, or like they're cinema files but like it's a pretty small percentage i, I think that there i think there's definitely an element of people that would i mean it's making me think of and i think it might be the same technology uh with the rise of all of these dna ancestry.com things the the thing that you're seeing now um i've seen it on people's facebook feeds and different groups uh, is that it can take a picture of your dead relative just a picture and it can look around it can smile it's completely animated not animated it's the actual picture but using this ai technology i assume making it blink and having expressions and quote unquote, bringing it to life. So yeah, it's, it's, it, it's creepy. I, I don't think I could, I don't know if I had a dead relative that I would actually want to do that. Kim, you nailed what I was going to talk about next. And oh. which is the fact that we have more and more video of people that are, are people that we love, you know? Yeah you're going to be able to feed all this information into one of these deep fake AIs in the future. And you could potentially have a AI persona of your loved one that is deceased that can actually have conversations with you because they know the affectations they they've sort of figured out from, if you have enough video that you've been able to feed into it, how they might respond. Um, this is actually, of course, this is a, uh, Black Mirror episode with Blade Runner with Don Hall Gleason, if I recall correctly. It's Blade Runner. Is it? Scott had it like thirty years earlier than Black Mirror. True. It's also um, Forrest Gump. Yeah. They use some of that technology when he meets all of those those famous yep. people. Yep. Yeah. At the time, I they were able to take advantage of that of that 
it was older footage, right? So they were able to. The scary implication though, is like them manipulating, you know, the, the president of China saying we've launched a nuclear weapon headed for the United States. You know, if they can manipulate um, images of world leaders. Oh, I've already seen speculation. I watched the whole YouTube video. I was like, well, let me not go down too far this 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 rabbit hole. But uh, this woman was speculating that Kim Kim Jong Un, uh, the leader of of North Korea, has been dead for several years, and that any footage that you see of him is a deep fake. Wow. Um, I mean, it's not impossible, is it? No. Mm-hmm. No. And there have already been cases of deep fake porn. I don't know if you saw that, Camilo. That was something yeah, um, that I was reading about that was just like horrifying. The, the prospect of that, someone putting your face in a situation that you weren't even in and then just uh-huh. releasing it to the internet. I'm sensing a deep fake throat is coming our way. <laughs> um, okay, well now someone name episode to- name. TM. Um, don't uh, you like- think that it's going to result in hardcore regulation of the internet? At some point, it'll just simply be too dangerous, and the technology. I think the state will intervene to seize it if it becomes a a totally disruptive force. That it depends it- on who's making money from it. Yeah. I mean, that's what it always depends on. I, I think it's important for all this technology. In a sense, it's good that this technology is developing and coming to light because people were now in a really weird gray area of like misinformation where people are just accepting whatever they see on social media as fact. So I think the more that we put out there and be like, hey, people can do this. So you cannot even believe your eyes anymore. Yeah. Let alone what yeah. You is we're going to move into a space where, yeah, somebody could be like, hi, I'm Jinping and I'm going to, I'm sending nuclear rockets your way. Well, nobody's going to take it at face value anymore. It's like you can't accept anymore what you see and hear from, say, a world leader, if that's your concern. It's going to have to go through so many layers of checking. Like, are we hearing the real person or like what, you know, what what's going on? Um, and to go back to what you were talking about, Kim, with pornography is that just opens a whole like legal, you know, it's, it's, it's going to get it, end up getting tied up in the courts because the technology is ahead of the law at this point. It, as, all, it always, is. It always is. Yeah. Yeah. And people have always been like weird, weirdly horny about celebrities and sort of like trying to steal Do their them. photos or whatever. I'm just thinking of the Jennifer Lawrence, like nude photo. Yeah. Dump yeah. And, stuff. and it's, it's just a new way of doing the same old, same old. I mean, you know, it, it, it just goes back to people would buy magazines and I don't know. Yeah, in some ways. Wank off the pictures of you where you were clad in a swimsuit, so. I suspect though that nothing replaces, I still think that technology for all of its purported intimacy that it delivers across screens. The fact that all of us are doing this podcast, you know, there's a degree of it that's amazing, but nothing replaces the physical kind of intimacy of being in a room with other human beings. Like, I just don't buy that AI is going to like deliver us this better world. I just, I simply don't. But you're talking about life versus entertainment. I mean, it sounds like you just made a, a, case for theater over film and I know you weren't uh arguing that that's true but I I I I guess my I'll say this like let's compare TikTok videos to like you know the films of Francois Truffaut like let's let us (laughs) you know what I mean like mais oui s'il vous plaît allons nous comparer Okay, I mean, look, I went extra pretentious. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe I'm just an old Luddite at this point. I'm not as, sure. As usual, that's a nice. I, that's a nice. I look at all of it with a lot of skepticism. I do. I can't help it. Something. Well, if anybody out there has this technology and can make deep fakes of us, oh, <laughs> at least me. I beg you. I would. I couldn't be more honored. 
let's let's would you like to star in a porno with camilo if Uh, there was anybody anyone anyone Let's get a of Camilo getting a blood vampire facial. Oh, oh that would be no, amazing. That's, that's where I have to draw the line. Uh, Just in time oh. for Halloween. No, 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 no. Do you can do like somebody like squeezing my nose pores and like a, oh. a meter long, like black. That's, like, that's like, where I'm out. Great. Uh, yeah. That would be amazing. <laughs> But um, yeah, we got to wrap it up um, like our faces after we get uh, micro braided. Mm-hmm. But um, as usual, this has been highly educational. Number oh. one, maybe entertaining. One could only hope. Yeah. <laughs> Man, let us know. Yeah, let yeah. us know. Reviews, stars, and emails, please. The, amount of, with the amount of stars required is one, two, three, the three stars that are here, plus two. In the sky. Which adds Why are you a- asking them to do math? <laughs> Instant turn off. Because I trust, I trust that our, our listeners are capable, intelligent. New York uh, Times readers. Yes. <laughs> and setters. Not yokels. Not yokels. AC star. But we also welcome yokels who want to elevate themselves. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yep. So follow us on all the things. Um, maybe TikTok even in the future if I develop my account enough. But uh, we're at Halfway There, the podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And Patreon. And Patreon. Yep. Be our second Patreon donor after my mom, please. We can improve, I'm so excited we can, about we that. improve our production with uh, research assistants, a producer for audio, all manner of things that could help us a lot. What else? Help us knock Joe Rogan off his perch. <laughs> That's right. I think only like horse dewormer or whatever is going to knock him off his perch. That's true. I remember his intestines. Yeah. Well, have a great week, y'all. And what do we say here? Keep it bloody. Oh, perky. Oh, yes. Keep it perky. Keep it perky. Bye. This has been halfway there, but it's also the end. The end of this episode of Halfway There. You get it.